yeah, I could just tell them to yeah text in and we can answer them. Y'all ready? Mm-hmm. Sure. Searching for clues to discover God's mysterious plan for your family? Then don't change that dial. Join us now in our discussion of the mystery of parenthood. Here are your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cashin. Good afternoon. It is uh, Wednesday again, and you are listening to the Mystery of Parenthood. Um, this time, Stephanie is here, and that's good. And um, so I'll turn it over to her for this. Well, I'm laughing because it's actually Tuesday. We're that's pre-recording right. the show. I'm sorry. I'm really good. <laughs> so it I'd is. like to say I thought of that. I actually think it's Wednesday. <laughs> so. so we actually have had to go to pre-recording because of job schedules. Um, but want you to know that um, uh, it is airing at Wednesday at one o'clock. So if you're, if you're listening to this, it is Wednesday. <laughs> it's just Tuesday for us. But um, we would love for you to text in any questions and we can obviously not address them live, but um, Dennis will certainly forward those on to us and, uh, and we can, we can address them at the, at the next show. And that number um, would be uh, eight, five. Well, that would be if you live called in, the texting is going to be nine, seven, nine, two, five, five, two, six, three, three. Yeah. So you can text in at nine, seven, nine, two, five, five, two, six, three, three. And Dennis will get us those questions or comments or suggestions, whatever they may be, and we will be able to address them uh, at the next at the next show. So Perfect. we will start, awesome. as always, with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, Grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. And grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Holy Family of Nazareth. Pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray Pray for for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 So today we um, are going to be taking some um, excerpts from um, Ray Garindi's, uh book. Yeah, I mean, um, we're, I think we're just. I think we're going to start with. Um, he he just came out with a book. I, I don't even know if it's been released, and certainly haven't talked to him about, about that. Not that he would even know who we are, <laughs> but uh, but he. Um, we were fortunate enough to have gotten a copy of it pre-release. And while we haven't read it all, I, they're, they're, they're basically, it's called advice worth ignoring. Um, and it, and it, and it goes through, he's got 50 listed there. I pulled, I pulled seven out that, um, that I thought were, were ones that we've have comments on and, and that we've either talked about, or think it's important to address um his whole point is in line with ours number one he he talks about you know just blindly following advice without really you know running kind of wherever whoever the next expert says this is what you ought to do or what you ought not do is really contrary to what we as christian there's nothing wrong like we've talked about there's nothing wrong with looking at that but remember god is revealed to us through the person of jesus christ the way, the truth, and the life. And if there's anything that we've hopefully tried to do is to say that he he gave us a sacrament, which is the sacrament of holy matrimony, and that that um, the grace and truth kind of come through that. And definitely, parenthood is part of it, part of that revelation of God to to ourselves. I mean, re- revelation of God to us 
through our parenting, becoming aware of that. So we should look to God and the way, how does he handle his children, knowing that, of course, that we're sinners and we are not God. However, he has entrusted us to be signs of him to our kids, that that's really the source of all of it. So every all the way, all of the advice that we can receive has to kind of go through the lens of a Christian Catholic worldview, a worldview that says that parenthood, motherhood and fatherhood were given to us by God for the purpose of making to our children his being signs to our children of his presence. And therefore it is our responsibility to try to look to him for the wisdom. It is that. So that's the first point, blindly following advice, even our advice, um, blindly following it is not, is not a good course. We, you need to be again, (laughs) purposeful, um, intentional in terms of looking at it and say, how does this fit us? And, in our in our situation, that goes to the second point about advice and how it works. Because we are all unique and in, and and unrepeatable human beings, both this, me and my spouse and each of my children, um, things change from child to child, um, and they change from family to family based on personalities circumstances, temperaments, how, how you do it. So to blanket accept advice and say that's going to that's gonna work in your circumstance is, I think, a little bit um, naive. And it's certainly not a Catholic Christian. I mean, it's, it's – Catholic Christian would recognize the uniqueness of um, of each individual and of each individual family. So – Again, we should always listen to advice, get rid of the stuff that doesn't that doesn't go with what Jesus has revealed, what God has revealed, keep the stuff that does, and then try to make sure that it stays in line with um, what God's revealed about it, and then recognize that what works for one family may not work for another. Um, what works for one child may not work for another child. We have that. That's actually that's guaranteed. Part of, that's good, <laughs> and that's and that's part of that's part of. I mean, really, that's living out the faith. It's being aware of the fact that we are all unique and unrepeatable. John Paul II actually said that just like individuals are unique and unrepeatable, every family is unique and unrepeatable with its own gifts, its own challenges, its own its own failures, whatever. It's it, it is. There's not another. Cash and family like ours, maybe some people are going, thank God. <laughs> but, but but there's not another one like a, like ours, and there's not another one like the Makas, or uh, you just go down the list. They're, we're all unique and unrepeatable, and so that's good news. But here's another thing. It is true that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and there are principles that I think we can take and say, okay, this is something that we that we can live off now the way that actually plays itself out from moment to moment from child to child from family to family will look unique but it'll all be around a common truth one of those being that everybody that 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 if we're catholics and and living in the sacrament of holy matrimony that we can know beyond beyond anything beyond any um doubt that we are meant to be signs of God to our children and to this world. We we know that for a fact. And that God will reveal his truth in and through it, and he guarantees to give us the graces we need so that that sign is efficacious, that it actually has the impact on the children, on the other people that we meet, and on actually on ourselves as we try to live out that sign. We can trust that. That's a principle. <laughs> that's that's something we can take to the bank. Every family out there that is that is trying to live and has has entered into the sacrament of holy matrimony can count on it. Yeah, I so. think the worst thing, you know, when, I mean, I think we all as parents, you know, um, love the hindsight is you know 2020 right. or, or whatnot um and i i think 
you know, the, the, the biggest do over, (laughs) um, that, that I would do, uh, if I could go back and, and, and be a new parent again, is just not to be that legalist and not to think that things are cookie cutter and not to think that things, you know, um, you know, if, if, if A then B, it's going to equal C, you know, I mean, it's just, um, you have to be flexible. You have to be discerning. It's what you want to teach your kids. Right. Um, it, it's one of the big life lessons that you want to te- teach your children is that, you know, to seek out um, wisdom uh, in church teaching, to seek out wisdom in, um, in trusted church, um, you know, your priest, your, your, you know, families. And not that you're trying to duplicate what they do, but you're trying to, gain wisdom and counsel and, um, and then pray and discern what God wants you to do with that. Right. This again, that's that, that we've talked about it before that critical assimilation. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I mean, mm-hmm. critical assimilation, we're going to look at something. If it looks good, we're going to try, we're going to do a couple things to it. We're going to baptize it, so to speak. We're going to take it and put it in the context of what, what true, because if it's true, good and beautiful, it is God. And there's a way it fits into our day-to-day life. So we're going to baptize it. And then we're going to assimilate it into our family, meaning we're going to take into account both spouses' temperaments, their personalities, their kids. So it's going to look a little different, even though we're holding on to a principle, if, if that makes sense. So as we go through these, I just... I just wanted to bring that up because I think he also addresses the need to understand, take advice for what it is, and and then make sure that you're discerning, is that really good advice by seeking counsel? You know, again, if you hear the same thing from other trusted people over and over, then that principle may be something you want to apply. However, it may not... It, it, certainly will not look the same. Right. Um, well, and I had a very wise friend who always had, um, who always connected herself with mothers that were ahead of the path on her um, and couples. I mean, you know, they, they did, they, she did it as a mother. And I think that she and her husband did it as a, as a couple. They always um, connected themselves with, with those that were ahead of the path on them and those that were behind. Cause I know that it's been, um, it's been great for us um, to, to go through some things, you know, that, that we've done and, and like we probably don't need anymore. I mean, we, you know, not really using in our parenting anymore, but it's been great to assimilate and really chew on that and, and, and you know, and see it for what it was and see, you know, yeah, that was pretty good or, well, that didn't work so well or, or I wouldn't have done you know. That. I wouldn't have done it. I mean, those are things right. you look back, which I think is hope hopefully something that we can pass on at least to be aware of that in, in advance. In other words, if, if somebody, if we say, well, that didn't work for us or this is what we saw, at least be aware of it and evaluate that as you go forward. I mean, that's, that's important. I'll, I'll just use, this is quoting Dr. Gurendi, um, and he, and he's talking about this, but he says some of the 50, quote-unquote expert opinions in this book may strike you as nonsense. Some may sound sensible until scrutinized more closely. And here's the point. Much advice is more or less a mix. It can work for some parents with some kids under some circumstances. And I think that's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're saying. We, we need to be discerning and flexible and able to say, eh, that's not working, or and be always seeking for that. So, but I do think it's a good exercise again to go through some of these 50 and um and you know, add our two cents and and hopefully it'll be helpful to hear. One of the first one is the idea that uh if you put your standards too high, your kids are going to rebel. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard that. I, I've heard that. And there, there is a sense because what happens is you see, I, I saw it at a lacrosse game with some, a dad with some, with some kids. And I mean, he was like letting them do a lot of stuff. And again, I, you know, I keep my mouth shut and just pray, but, 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 uh, but you could see that he was, his standards were way low. I mean, he should have expected them to, you know, to not keep hitting him and, you know, in front of everybody. And just, it, it was one of those things that you look at it and you go, okay, the standard's got to be up here. 
but I think it has been sold in some circumstances that if you hold them too high, they are not going to like it. If you demand too much of them, they're going to be angry and ultimately they're going to rebel. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think that, I think that we shortchange our kids. Um, I think that our kids can, can rise um, to a high bar. I think what's involved in raising that bar is, um, is working with them on why, (laughs) you know, the moral reason why we expect this or um, should act like this or, um, you know, want them to do this. I mean, you know, I, I think it's not, it's not, you can't just raise the bar and expect them to, you know, I mean, you think about, I mean, cause I always think about the bar, you know, I always think about a bar, like whether you're trying to jump over it or whether you're, you know, doing the, uh, well, the um, what is that called? The limbo. The limbo. I couldn't, right. couldn't think of the, the limbo under she, it. I she, mean, she's doing the little shake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, you think about any kind of, you know, exercise or that it takes practice. Right. You're, 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 you're pra- you don't, you don't, you know, for, for, you know, for a high jump person, you don't set the bar at what you, um, I mean, if any of you've ever been to a track meet, you don't set the bar at what the ultimate goal is. You set the bar and then you raise it and then you, ra- you know, and you keep raising it, um, you know, to, to know where, to know where it's, <laughs> where the cutoff is. And I think that's just like, um, that's just like life. I mean, when children are little, um, you know, it's not necessarily a low bar, but you're starting at the bottom. You're teaching them the basics. You're teaching them, you know, manners and how to it's kind you of know, interact with. It's a similar image, I think, to, to because I'm thinking of, you know, the parenting in the funnel, the fact that there are limits and you got to work within limits. I think it's, I think it's the same type of thing. Your, your expectation of they're changing uh, the expectation of a, one and a half year old at the table is different than one of a five year old, which is different than a one of a ten year old or a fifteen year old. You're 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 constantly adjusting the bar, but and we'll get to one of these other ones down the road that I think kind of speaks to this. If you're going to have an impact at fifteen, you need to be having an impact at two, not by them have, making sure everything's set and their hands in their lap and. <laughs> And, and, and that, but by saying that there are expectations and then as they grow older, be able to explain, Hey, this is going to help you, you know, when you're out, you know, on a date with a girlfriend or on a date with a boy or, or when you're interviewing for interviewing for a job and they take you to lunch or, or whatever it's, it's for you, um, to learn how, to do it, but but our expectation is for where you are, you ought to be excellent at it. In other words, we should strive for excellence. Excellence is not necessarily is not perfection. I don't think I don't have the definition of excellence, but in my mind, it's not perfection. Excellence means that I'm excelling given my own gifts and talents, my own abilities in a circumstance that I'm presented with, and we should always call our children to excellence, not. To perfection, because we want to be able to reward them when they're not perfect, but they have excelled at something. What that what that means is is that they need to be told that whatever we're teaching you, we're teaching you so that you can become all that you want to be. You know, as Matthew Kelly would say, to become the best, best, my goodness, the <laughs> best version of yourself. And I think that that's part of this. Because that's what the world deserves, because that's what's going to make you happy, because that's what's going to make this world a better place if you become, as a Catholic, the saint you were created to be. And the saint is going to be someone who does not make the standards equal to, well, I'm better than that guy or I'm better than that person, is able to hold the standard up as as one of my friends said a long time ago, don't compare yourself. There is one bar and the bar is Jesus himself. Knowing that we don't get to that bar and that we can't get to that bar till down the road, but that at the same time we're to strive towards it and that we can trust that Jesus that God's going to give us the graces we need to get there. That's what we need to be teaching our kids. So the bar is is 
may even be different from child to child based on the, well, it certainly will be based on their ages. It, it may be different based on their um, temperaments and temperaments personalities, and, personalities <laughs> and their gifts and talents. I mean, all of that is, I mean, I, I can look at some of my kids and know that excellence for them in calculus is here. <laughs> and for another one, excellence is there. And we have to, again, we have to be purposeful, engaged, discerning parents. That's part of the joy of parenting. It's part of the work of parenting. And if we do do it, we know that this is a bunch of bunk, that, that this is advice worth ignoring, as as Dr. Garendi uh, talks about, that we should, they will not rebel. if they. It, the only time that I think they rebel is when they have no reason and they just think you're imposing a standard on them that nobody else is holding them to, nobody else thinks is okay, and then you're doing it by just constructing. It's kind of a narrow tubal instead of funnel like deal. You're not you're not growing. You're 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 just imposing it on them and they don't own it. And right. we've got to get our kids to own the desire to seek excellence in whatever they do. And I think that goes back to what we've talked about um you know, that you're not going for outward behavior, which is totally, I think, our tendency. I know certainly it was mine, um, you know, <laughs> get outward behavior at any cost, you know, right. um, that's what makes it, you know, that's what makes a child good. That's that looks good. You know, I mean, all of those things that go into that. It's like, but we are going, but no, you're going after the heart of your child. And so probably there's going to be some embarrassing moments <laughs> right. going for the heart of your child. Um, but remember it's, it's, it's a, it's a, a marathon training. It's not a sprint. <laughs> right. And that, that excellence you, that we, we got, we, we've got to just call them to, to excellence and know that they, they will not rebel. They may rebel in a moment. They may rebel at a thing, but they will not rebel over time. If we can always help them make the connection between Hey, this is for you. This is why this is that. Now, you're not doing that with a one and a half year old, but you still should d demand that they don't throw food, <laughs> you know, that they don't. So th th there should be expectations that, that they don't scream when they want something. You know, like we, we used to always do this is a simple thing. We, we help them communicate. So if they wanted something, then they had to give the plea sign or if they or um, you know, want something to eat that they had to, they had to try to communicate instead of. Do that. So there was a, an expectation even at a young age that this is how you appropriately ask for something, which eventually leads to the please and thank you and the hurry. Actually, we're teaching them those words in sign language so that they can do it prior to them being able to speak. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, anyway, so the first yeah. thing that's bunk is to that if we hold them to too high a standard that they're going to rebel. And I, that's not been a, our experience. And I don't think that that's accurate and it is advice worth ignoring so, um the next one is is interesting it says don't have too many children basically because we you, blew that you can't you can't <laughs> you can't uh you can't manage them you can't love them the way they need to be loved you can't uh do whatever now i just want to preface this by saying you want to have as many children as as is in line with what god's will is for your family the reality is is there's people out there who desire to have children who have been unable to conceive children. Um, or those who are would those, have wanted many and only had yeah, two or three. Yeah, exactly. So it, it again, the don't have too many children. The too many children by itself kind of runs contrary to the fact that we should see children as gift, gifts from God and that God's going to give us the gifts that he knows we're capable of handling. I think you know, so from that standpoint, I think that that automatically becomes something that points us in the direction that we're somehow in in control. Now, we're we're not going to get into NFP and 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 doing that. It's just not the right place. But that's another discussion on what. How do you discern it, whether another child's at the point? I want to make here is I do think that frequently, and certainly this world would say that those people who have too many children can't handle it. Um, therefore they can't 
love them the way they need to be loved. They can't raise them the way they need to be raised. And um, therefore, they're not going to be able well, you know, the reality is, is I don't think that's true. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think I think that is part of raising a child to be um, part of the benefits, I think, of having multiple children from just a raising children standpoint is the fact that they're, they're, they're learning how to operate. Should God gift you with that many, with that many kids with a number, whatever the number is. I mean, nowadays it's like, you know, if you have more than three, then there's something odd about you. (laughs) Um, But I've seen people that have not, you know, seven, eight, nine um, that have done uh, an exceptional job of, of raising their kids um, I think what it does is number one, it provides you as a parent with more opportunities <laughs> to teach because to teach on things that they're going to have to learn down the road. You know, there's a hierarchy here. You know, there, there, are, you know, these people can do something that you, you can't do that. If you're both trying to do the same thing, you got to figure out how to deal with each other, you know, appropriately that, you're not the center of the universe, <laughs> you know, um, all of yeah, those things. Lots of big lessons. There's a lot. And, there, and it's just, it's, I think those are things that are, that, well, again, they purposeful. Present, they yeah, present well, the opportunities. I think they, they just, it's an opportunity that presents itself more often than not when you're, um, when you've got um, a larger family, not saying that with a smaller family, those not. lessons are not there. It's just that they're there a lot. And, with, and so the point here is not family. not say let's let's have a bunch of kids. I mean that's not the point. I think the point that's mm-hmm. being said is if God should seem uh, should not seem if God should grant you a large family and you are accepting of the large family, you can handle it. I mean that you you will be able to handle it. The other thing is is that depending on how close they are, even with ours being only six years apart, you still have the ability for the older to coach the new. So you've got you you do particularly if you've done a good job of raising them in in, in line with them being somebody who actually helps you with the younger kids. Uh, there, I've said multiple times, ask Trevor about is dad doing this just to cause you pain or is he doing it for the right reason? And now Trevor looking back, the oldest looking back is able to say, listen, you know, dad's, I know it may say dad's steering steering you right. You know, that's helpful. Um, Well, and we, and we, you know, it's when they have their peers, (laughs) their their siblings and their peers, it it is, um, it is such a, a a benefit and, and a positive one of the positives of of um, a large family are using are using that technique with any I mean any size family, but to um, I mean we've got a situation right now with one of them that he's kind of talking to his siblings about well what you know what how did you handle this when you went through this and you know it's it there's some great family discussions and family dynamics that occur um, when you've you know um, when those that have gone before them, it's kind of the same, I guess, sort of the same principle that I was just talking about with my friend who, you know, utilized those who had been down the path and those who, you know, were coming up behind. Um, when you do that in your family, uh, it, it really solidifies what mo- what mom and dad are saying when you've got the older siblings. Exactly. Reaffirming and confirming, you know, yeah, this is, this is good advice. I, you know, I took it or I wish I would have taken it or, (laughs) you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I don't know. Large families are just are um, are such a blessing. And I I mean, any children that you have um, are such a blessing because, as Trey, you know, said, we do know people who um, would have wanted um, wanted children, period, or would have wanted more than one or two children. And um, and, you know, that's that's just part of your um, unique and unrepeatable family and what, what God's plan is for you. Just make sure that, you know, you're discerning that if you didn't get this, that you wanted from God, why, what, what does he have, what does he have for you? What is he wanting you um, to do? I mean, I, you know, I just always think of, <laughs> I just always think of the B rights. I mean, she probably would have taken 15 kids and, um, and, you know, they only had two, but, 
they saved millions of babies with their pro-life work. And so what I told her, I said, Margaret, God God gave you two biological children so you could save millions. Right. And, <laughs> and, and again, everybody's, everybody's it was different. Everybody's yeah, different. Just, I, the only reason I bring that up is it does, it does come up. I, there was a quote in here that actually reminded me of a good friend of mine who, 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 when he had his fourth child, a Protestant had his fourth child, people start saying, do you, you know, that you can stop this kind of was the, and he was like talking to one of his friends and, and one of the guys, good wisdom said what, what, um, what, Dr. Grandy says at the end here, when you're responding to somebody who may say, don't you know what causes that? Or, you know, isn't this too much for you? Um, was one of the answers is that he says, you said, well, we've always been grateful for, for more kids. Love multiplies. It doesn't divide. Mm. And, mm. and that's what the man said to, to Randy when that he said, he says, well, as I could tell love multiplies. It doesn't divide. And that is, that is, that is true. And um, no matter the circumstance, um, just know that if God does send you a bunch, then you can handle it. The world, even though the world may say you can't. Um, Remember to call on the grace of the sacrament of your marriage. Exactly. Call on the grace. <laughs> Mr. Jim Beckman would always yes. remind us. Yes. <laughs> um, another one I think that we won't spend too much time on, but I thought was, is, you know, the, this whole idea of, you know, don't, don't force manners, you know, that somehow you need to learn, teach them how to learn and that you don't, you want them to, it to be something that they own, you know, well, how do they own it? Again, this is, this gets to the point of the fact that like anything else, manners, teaching them to say please and thank you is part of our job is to, to, to help them be able to do it. And while we may force them, um, there are a couple things that I think we can talk about. Well, number one, we need to let them experience the rewards of being a young person. So if you, if you're, if you're, if somebody gives a, a candy at a bank, you know, where I work, you know, that somebody hands a lollipop to one of the tellers and hands a lollipop to one of your children. Often what most of us would do is say, oh, would you t- tell her thank you or tell him thank you? Um, one of the things I found better is if you teach them sign language that you can step back and actually without doing that, allow them to experience what it's like to actually, even though you're giving them the cue, most people don't see you given the thank you sign. And that reinforces so much in that. Again, we're trying to make it their own, not because we're telling them you have to do it, but that we're showing them that it's something that other people respect, that it's something that other people appreciate, and that it's something that we should do out of out of respect for the other person to say thank you. They gave us something, we should say thank you. We we want to receive something, we we say please, recognizing the dignity of the other person. And even as a young child, you can you can do that. Um, but it has. It's like anything else, you know. I'm not going to force my religion on my kids. You hear that? It's all, it's all, I want it to be their own. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't want to force it, but it's not an either or you can provide them with information. You can give them information, but know that when you're doing that, you're trying to get it to their heart. So how do we do that? You know, what do you think the right, when, when somebody says thank you to you, you can point it out. How does it make you feel when you hand them one of your toys and somebody says thank you, or when you pick up your plate and put it in the trash and, and Mrs. So-and-so said, Oh, thank you so much for that. How'd that make you feel? You're, you're trying to help them connect the act with the, with that. So forcing is often equated with teaching <laughs> that anytime you're teaching it, you're forcing it on them. No, <laughs> you're, if you're forcing it, then yeah, that's like anything. You better say thank you, or we're going to go back and I'm going to give you a spanking, or you, you're going to get your toys taken away, or you're going to get grounded for a week. I mean, that would be forcing. Um, I mean, what you're doing is 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 you know, like anything, it's good habits. Right. You're instilling. I, I think, like you said, I think there's a difference between you know, forcing someone and, and yet instilling 
Um, right. I mean, kids, kids are born with an empty moral slate. <laughs> I mean, you know, you are writing, you as a parent um, are, are, are writing, uh, you want your you want your writing on uh, right, you you know, God and you and God through yeah through through, through God you, through you God's God's wisdom and God's love in 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 their heart that doesn't just happen um, and that's why we you know we talk about being a purposeful parent I mean you're training you're discipling I mean Jesus called you know the unequipped but he poured into them just like we have to pour into our children. We have to um, equip them to go out like Jesus mm-hmm. did to go out into the world, and that's the way we, that's the way we really should present it to our kids as they grow. Is we're trying to, we want you to go out and have every opportunity to be successful, faithful, in line with God's will for you in in the world, going out there and whatever we're doing, we're trying to show them, show you this is something that will help you. This is something that you need to learn how to do, and. And so I think that that's it. There, I don't think there's how much more that has to be said about that, but I think it just was a point to be made that we need to help make the connection with the with what we're doing and and the why and help them make that connection. The third, the next one is uh, pick your battles. I know that's one. Oh, that's one of my faves. One of your favorites. Another <laughs> thing to, that's been to one ig- of my pet to ignore. One of my pet peeves. Yes, yes. What, what well, it? I just you know my I think you know we've probably beaten that one with a dead horse as well. I mean my you know my I don't know. I just always felt like, um, I think even if you look back historically, I mean, you know, the, the big battles were won by all the little, (laughs) the little wars. (laughs) Right. I mean, so, um, you know, to say, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick my battles. It just never, ever, um, sat right with me. And, And I just think that, you know, again, it kind of falls back to that forcing issue. I mean, we especially when kids are young. I mean, you know, everything is a moral lesson. I mean, you know, how to get along with your siblings, how to talk to your parents, how to talk to other adults. I mean, every bit of behavior that, that they're exhibiting, um, you know, can, can be uh, talked about. Now, granted, you're not going to go through your day. I mean, you'd be worn out <laughs> by the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so it's really, um, you know, it's, it's, Again, it's just that constant discipleship. It's that constant awareness. You know, there's some kids, I mean, you know, think about you people out there who have a number of kids, how it's been, you know, one kid, it was so easy to do this. I mean, they they always said, please and thank you. It was never, you know, I had one, oh my gosh, our number three is grateful and has been grateful since he was two. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I can remember him eating lunch, just, I mean, vivid memory of him just at the little lunch table. He'd go out, you know, wiggle out of his chair to go play before he had to go take a nap. And he wouldn't be off the deck before he had turned around, come back in and said, thank you for lunch, mommy. <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm glad you fed me today because yesterday you didn't feed me. No, <laughs> I fed him every day, but he was just, you know, so, you know, obviously there's kids, you see those little, even at an early age, sometimes you can see those little gifts and the things that are easy with one kid and hard with another. I mean, again, it's all that temperament. It's all that wiring. I mean, you know, as my girlfriend said a couple of weeks ago, parenting is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> no, it is. It is. It's, it's a hard job. It is a battle. And, and, and again, if you don't, if you don't fight, sometimes I think fight your pick your battles is a cop out to avoid dealing with something that needs to be dealt with and putting it off down the road. That's to be discerned. I think if, again, we've talked about it. If you don't, if you don't say something about the fact that when you hand them a red cup and a blue cup and, and, and they want the red cup and you say, no, take the blue that they throw a hissy fit because of that, that is a battle to fight. Not, Oh, that's just a cup because, because, the the reality is is that that is teaching that that sometimes you may have choices and sometimes you may not even though you think you have a choice and to be able to accept it to accept is something authority. that has to accept mm-hmm. to accept authority and accept it as is that's fine and that is something that you measure if you don't fight that you know if you don't fight that battle and then the next thing is going to be what clothes can I wear to school and if if you don't fight that battle well, guess what you know. <laughs> then when they say, well, you know what? 
I want to sleep over at my boyfriend's house. You know, I mean, I'm just, it's a big jump, but I mean, if you haven't communicated, uh, this is authority well, again, and it's good. And I think, it's, yeah, that's the thing. I think that, you know, when you look at it, okay, wait, it's a red cup or a blue cup. Yeah. But when you think about the underlying issue, which is the authority of your parent, that's what you're looking at. So sometimes you have to look at these battles if we want to call the them li- that, that what is the underlying, you know, what is the underlying um, issue of, of, of the battle. Um, and, and that's, that's what you're looking at. You're not, you know, like I said, you can, you can, it can it's, sound and get ridiculous when you're like, well, it was just a red cup. I don't care if they have the red cup or the blue cup, but the underlying battle is, do they accept authority willingly? And, you know, right, because and that, yeah, because like Trey said, then what ends up happening is that plays out into things that, then you've you've lost control, right? You know? it's just, and you don't even realize you've lost it until they've all become of a sudden, very wise they become in their, wise own, eyes. In their yeah. own eyes, and they <laughs> and they think that they understand better than you do, and have the authority. You have to sometimes check them on that and see. Um, anyway, I think that's I think that's a that's a point worth worth uh, worth yeah, talking about. Yeah, so. it's just it, like I said, it's not um, it's not the battle for the battle's sake. It's it's what it's what what is the underlying um moral uh, lesson or right and the thing um, is is those little bitty things we've talked about this this image of 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 picking up little pennies and and throwing them into the basket adds up over time <laughs> it to to something that's very substantial it's the same thing with kids is remember that if as you're younger you're not fighting a battle you're just saying i'm not going to let this opportunity get by without me Teaching them this when they're yeah. two, the you know, please and thank you is because of the dignity of the other person. Please and thank you is recognizing that we're always in need of somebody else's help, or we're in need of giving help, and and so we're teaching. That's that's a bigger issue than just oh, isn't that cute that that two year old said please. It, it's it's that person across from you is someone made in the image and likeness of God, and therefore we're going to stand on that hill. Those are the pennies that you pitch in. Guess what? Those are make the big one, the, the, Hey, can we go do this or do that more accepted by your kids when they're 17 or 18? Um, like I said, we had one that because we'd allowed him to, to, to date a girl, you know, get upset and say, well, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you tell me? No, you should have just told me no. (laughs) And again, it's it's helping them understand. No, it's got to be it's got to be yours. And you, but the good news is that's a much better place to be. Where a kid's saying you should have told me not to do it, <laughs> as opposed to somebody's fighting you on on that. So we should always be widening our widening our funnel. Um, there were I think we're not going to get through all of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to get through seven of the fifty. Yeah? Right. <laughs> again, this is. Um, We've, we've Dr. Ray Garendi. Yes, we've taken uh, Dr. Ray Garendi's book fifty. Uh, Which is called advice worth ignoring. Yeah, yeah fifty. And there's yeah, fifty. Advice, there's yeah. fifty ideas that are are often put out there. Um, the next one that I have is uh, let children express themselves. And and I again, I think these are more to point out that in and of themselves, depending on how you read what that means. Um, doesn't necessarily make it wrong or right where it doesn't make sense to say, let your kids express themselves is to hand them. And this is something to hand them a coloring book. This is another thing that I, you know, a coloring book and to just let them do You you, you can do it, but sometimes you need to tell them they need to color inside the lines. <laughs> I mean, this time it doesn't mean that you have to always do that, but you need to be able to say, sometimes you need to color inside the lines and to see if they can do it or at least they're trying to do it. It's not, it's not, it's not that, but sometimes the idea of let people, let kids express themselves is whatever they want to say, whatever they want to do, however they want to do it. You know, there's that famous YouTube, you know, listen, Linda, listen, Linda, the little, (laughs) the little three-year-old kid that's talking to his mother, (laughs) listen, Linda, and, and talking to his mother, like, he's she's he's her husband or her and you know it was kind of memorialized through this funny but very sad because 
I think she's saying, okay, we're letting him express himself. Well, there's an appropriate way to express himself. Sometimes you have to color in the lines. Sometimes you don't say that. And we, even to this day at 15 or 16, as we grow close to our 15 year olds, sometimes they'll cross a line and say, okay, I know you meant that as funny, but that's inappropriate in terms of how you're talking to your mother or your father. And they usually, well, it's just a joke. And and I really do believe it's a joke. They're not being disrespectful. So that's, that's not a funny joke. That's, that, that's an inappropriate. So sometimes you have, yeah, you can let them express themselves. You want them to be able to say please and thank you. You want them to be able to make it their own. But what you don't want to do is, is transform that into the only way you can make them have self-esteem is let them do or say whatever they want. It, there is something about a circumstance, who they're addressing, what they're what they're asked Again, to do in that so moment. Many, yeah, there's so many there's, there's so many underlying principles in there. I mean, you know, there is certain way we talk to authority. I, I mean, and you're going to deal with that unless you right. own your own business. <laughs> well, even if you do that, I mean, a policeman <laughs> well, shows up, you better talk. There's a certain way you talk to a policeman. You know, there there are people you even at our age right, that, that right. it's yes sir, yes ma'am. Right, um, right. So you're teaching. You know, there's so many different lessons. Um, in that expression. So it's not about not allowing them to express themselves. It's, uh, it's coaching them again, the discipleship of coaching them in how, you know, in this circumstance, in this certain circumstance, this is how you would do that. And so there's, you know, the, I can see um, where that would be a situation where it'd be, you know, a lot of role playing. Um, and, and again, like Trey said, we're still doing that with our even 15 and 16 year olds. Um, you know, who can, like you said, be joking around, but it's always a reminder. Okay, well, you You're, know. Yeah, we're not a friend. We're not, yeah. You know, we're, <laughs> I know it sounds funny. Um, we're still your no. parent. There's a way you talk. <laughs> and and they don't, but but again, so you're always kind of coaching them back inside the lines. What popped into my head is that image. I don't know if any of y'all out there do that, but is, is, is I'm sure pictures are well-loved by, by most of your kids. <laughs> I mean, to have pictures taken, you know, people – most of my kids, and as I recall as a young person, they're going to fight it tooth and nail. I don't want to get a picture. I don't want to have to sit here. I want to go home. I want to go get in the car. I want to listen to this song. I want to do whatever, anything other than having to sit there and have a picture taken of me. One of the things that I like about it is learning again. Okay, there's a way to smile for that. But then I always like this, you know, hey, we're going to take a picture of everybody making a silly face or doing whatever they they want. And again, sometimes you have to provide them with, okay, here, I'm going to let you color this. You can color this however you want. You don't have to draw on the lines. But, okay, now, in this circumstance, I want to see how close you can get to coloring in the lines. I'm using that just as an image. It depends on the authority. It depends on the situation. And they need to recognize, depending on those, they respond differently to that. All of those are expressions of themselves. So, in a sense, this is not – just the statement itself is not incorrect – the application of let them do whatever they want is license and is an inappropriate use of freedom and of their choice. And so we just want to make sure that we understand that we need to coach them and counsel them on how do you express yourself in those. I think we might have time for one more. Uh, this is one of my favorites. The emphasized quality time. Well. You know, <laughs> I, again, I think that's partly a cop out. Um, because well, there's so limited time. I think it's a missed opportunity. I, right. I, I really do. I, I'm not sure if it's a cop out or, or, well, that too. Or I think, the, I think we're yeah, that. I mean, um, because, uh, you know, um, we all live in a very fast paced world, even if you are consciously trying to, um, you know, rein in the activities. And re- I mean, we, you know, we've, we've gotten very, very good at, you know, each it's child so. has one activity in one season. Well, yeah, that's great. But when you got four of them going in four <laughs> different five directions. different directions, yeah. you know, um, it, it, it's it's just a very, you know, we just live in a very fast paced world. And so if you're waiting to create the perfect opportunity for quality time, you, you've you missed uh, a number of opportunities along the way. Because if you're waiting for the hundred dollar bill to show up <laughs> and you're missing all the pennies that if you collected, you might have a hundred dollars by the time you find the hundred dollar bill. <laughs> I mean, I right. think I think I think that's really important to remember. You you yes. the, 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 and I think that gives us hope. I mean, that gives me hope that you know 
maybe my quality time with the daughter is going to be, you know, on the way back from a soccer game when, you know, she, you know, was mad at a teammate for something or, or what, have, you know, that's an, again, I mean, you're looking for those opportunities to throw in those pennies, um, you know, to, in, to, you, to pour in and invest. Yeah. Invest you may or may not children. find the hundred dollar, the hundred dollar bill. And I think that, I think that that's, that's, that's important. The other thing is, is, and I think he makes this point in here, but I think I, I've heard it before is that when you provide quantity of time, you provide those opportunities where you don't feel like, okay, I've got to force the issue the, you know, it can just happen mm-hmm. and it can be spontaneous. And, and, and that's because you've provided time. So for me growing up and even just recently, just going hunting and hanging out where there's nothing else to do. I mean, there's nothing else to do, but be with each other. Those are things that are quantity time. They're not pre-planned. Things happen and it could be just talking, but I think we need to get away from quality and start realizing we need to make sure there's quantity of time. And then also in those little bits of time that we do have that isn't quality because it's not, you know, at Starbucks deep, or at some, you know, some big thing or, yeah. <laughs> that we can just have that momentary time. So I think those are two ends of that spectrum that say that quality is the most important thing is not accurate and it's advice worth ignoring. So, all right. We're here so we our, uh, our memory verse for today for this week is Proverbs nineteen twenty. Listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days. Proverbs nineteen twenty, And remember, only God can help you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. Thanks for joining us today. God bless you. Keep yep. us in your prayers. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to this local production of Red Sea Catholic Radio. Tune in next week at the same time to hear Trey and Stephanie Cashin share more on the mystery of parenthood. 